Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a show full of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. And now here is your host, Nicola Beer, who specializes in a proven 10-step program to help couples increase the love, passion, and happiness in their marriage in 30 days or less, guaranteed. Hi and welcome, this is Nicola Beer and I'm going to be talking to you today about drinking alcohol. When does drinking become a problem in a marriage? Actually, there are many reasons why marriages break down. It's rarely just one. Usually it's a culmination of events and behaviours that stir up negative feelings. In my practice, alcohol issues come up frequently. Occasionally it's when a spouse doesn't agree with their partner's drinking for religious reasons. More often than not, though, it's about the amount someone drinks, how frequently they drink, and their behaviour whilst under the influence. So when does drinking become a problem in a marriage? Is it when the drinker recognises they have a dependency? Is it when the non-drinker says they have a problem? Is it when the drinking is interfering with the relationship? Alcohol consumption, in my coaching, has been linked to an increase in angry outbursts, arguments and aggression. It's also blamed or used as an excuse for infidelity in affairs and being out of control. Others mention how drinking has caused their sex life to dwindle, a lack of interest in family activities or depression. If drinking is recognised as a problem by one or a couple, they tend to bicker often about what is social drinking, what is a drinking problem. This debate, in my experience, sends couples round and round in circles. What someone defines as a drinking problem is not typically what another person may define. Sometimes couples will come and one will say, you know, um, he only drinks twice a month, but when he does, I don't, uh, you know, he doesn't know where he is, he forgets his keys, he just literally drinks and drinks and drinks and can't stop. He's out of control. Another person will say that a problem is someone that drinks a bottle of wine every night. So it, it really varies, and this debate can just send couples round and round in circles. Then there are couples who build their whole relationship around drinking. And when they first started, got together, you know, they would go out and drink and drink and drink, and then one gets tired of it, or one can't for health reasons or one person wants to stop and cut back and then that can cause a conflict if they stay drinking at the same level then they get on but if they don't then that can cause an area of tension so is your drinking or your spouse's drinking interfering with your relationship or is someone close to you perhaps going through this and you're listening in for someone else Have you tried discussing it and got nowhere? We often think that it will be obvious when someone has a drinking problem. And actually, that just isn't true. Stereotypes of a homeless man, a homeless woman, that's a drinker. Stereotypes of someone who wakes up and has a vodka or a whiskey for breakfast, that's a problem drinker. Actually, for it to be a problem in the marriage, it doesn't actually have to be that stereotype. It can be a problem in the marriage if every time someone drinks, they get really aggressive. And what you need to look at here, there, is what's beneath the aggression, what's coming up, 
and the alcohol at the same time. I'm just going to share a story with you now of Janice and Robert, and their names have changed for privacy reasons. Janice and Robert came to me after an explosive row over a year ago now, and they'd been married for 17 years and have three boys. Robert works as an engineer and Janice was a full-time mum until her youngest was three and then she started working full-time as an administrator in an office. When they first met, they used to go out for drinks every weekend or stay in and share a bottle of wine or two and watch a movie. Drinking together at weekends was normal for them both before and after Janice's pregnancies. It was something that they used to do. It was their hobby together. After Janice's second child was born, Robert was working away more and more, and when he was home, he would work late. He was responsible for the running of the household, getting the kids to school, making their lunches and dinners, doing their homework, putting them to bed, doing the laundry for everyone. And at the end of the day, she was just absolutely exhausted. To reward herself and help her relax and unwind, she would enjoy a few glasses of wine before bed. Over time, the amount she drank and frequency increased until she was drinking every night and on weekends and would start mid-afternoon, sometimes at lunch. Robert wouldn't dare say anything at first because he knew how hard she worked and didn't want to seem unappreciative. On the times he tried to tackle it, she would attack him for everything he wasn't doing and what a lousy husband and father he was for making her do all of this stuff. So he learned not to to bring it up, but his resentment and distance was building. He noticed that the more she drank, the more angry she became over the smallest things, and everything became a drama. And so he chose not to speak to her when she was drinking. To switch off completely, he'd be in front of his laptop or TV, The communication was breaking down at a rapid rate. Janice felt even more lonely and stressed with a busy schedule and lack of support. And she just decided that she really needed it to help her because the more she drank, the more Robert was distancing himself, the more stressed she was. And it just became her way of functioning. The wine was a tool to de-stress and cope. By the time Robert got home, she would always be tipsy. Sometimes she would be moody with him, other times desire him. Either way, he felt numb. He longed for his old wife back, when she used to be fully present with him and the children. He was at a loss what to do, as whenever he brought it up, she would fly off the handle and attack him for overreacting. A bottle of wine in the evening is nothing, she would say. The French do this all the time. I deserve a treat. I work so bloody hard. And you drove me to this anyway, she would argue. He noticed then her drink even more, as him wanting her to stop caused more stress, and the stress of him watching her made her want it more and look for more reasons to drink that evening. Robert found himself beginning to hate alcohol and wanting to distance himself further. He couldn't control her, so he didn't want to be around her. They began living parallel lives, barely communicating. And when they did, it was all about the children, instead of their thoughts and feelings. So that was their story when they they first came to me. And so the solution that we found was that 
they had to reconnect. They had to reconnect with what they loved about each other and what they did when they were first together besides drinking. They agreed to communicate any issues that come up rather than letting it fester and they took steps to fully forgive one another and they looked at more effective ways of sharing duties and responsibilities. One of the things that Robert did was get some help for Janice to cope with the, the difficulty of, of running the household and working. They became a team and united in the change and they, they broke the habit together. Janice also worked with me to change her relationship with alcohol and any habit can be broken. Any addiction can be stopped. People can quit things, and they do quit things every single day. And there's no reason, if you um, have an addictive or an emotional habit pattern, why you cannot change that. Everyone can. And I'll share with you my story in just a moment. And how do you change it? Well, you need to do conscious changing steps. And I have seven steps to, to conscious change, which we really need to do. So by conscious, I mean things you're aware of and talking. And then you complement that with hypnotherapy or another um, process that helps with your subconscious mind because it's said that 80% of our behaviours and our reactions are actually driven by our subconscious. So we need to also do something there as well. And that's how you can make real lasting change. Some people can just quit and that's great. But to make lasting change you know, and make it easy and fun, you also need to look at alternatives. If you're not going to be drinking, what are you going to be doing instead? You have to replace it with something else. Because if you don't replace it with something else, then it's going to make you crave it and it's going to make changing a habit even more difficult to do. And that that's really key. So remember that if drinking is causing a problem, it's not solely the person that has a problem to fix it. Both in the couple need to come together to save the relationship, to rebuild the love, to rebuild the trust, and be committed to having a new life together. And, you know, I really recommend you get some marriage counselling to really strengthen your, your marriage if this is breaking you at the moment. And I'm going to be talking about it in um, another episode, so please do subscribe, but I'm going to be talking to you about ultimatums. And it's not a good idea to make an ultimatum. And I will tell you why in that episode. So make sure you do subscribe to the show so you don't miss it. Because I've, I've helped many couples go through breaking emotional habits. Sometimes it's over addiction to food. Sometimes it's overspending, gambling. And it's really important to work on it if it's affecting the, the marriage. Now, if you are stuck, if you're married to someone who you think is um, is drinking too much, you're concerned about their drinking patterns, if you yourself know that you're drinking too much and are interested in just finding out a little bit about cutting back or cutting down and changing that, then get in touch with me. Book your free Save My Marriage consultation with me and we will discuss and I will share some tips with you. So all you need to do to do that is go to www.savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash consult because for some couples drinking can make things worse there are couples that come to me and they just say our issues are now our marriage issues are becoming worse and worse so even if you don't think you or your partner has a drinking problem but it's causing issues because it's making you both angry and more aggressive then I have a few ideas for this 
Uh, some people, while we're working on the marriage, decide that they're not going to drink, and I think that is a great solution if drinking is you know, causing issues. Another couple, um, and some couples that I work with, what they do is they say, right, when we drink, we're not allowed to talk about the relationship. It's an off-limits you know, off discussion. And, uh, you know, they're not allowed to bring anything up when they've had a drink. So you've got to do what is right for you. And that's, that's really key. Tim was another person that came to me because his wife had asked him to um, stop drinking as a last result. He hadn't been aware of how, how unhappy his wife was and how much she'd wanted to rescue the relationship. And Tim, you know, who drank, not very often, but when he did drink, he would just go to town. And he didn't think that his drinking was a problem, but when his wife was distraught and thinking of leaving him, he came to me to say, right, what can I do? How can I change my relationship with alcohol? And how can I get the healthy balance? So that's what we worked on um, with him. And again, I needed to get his wife involved because it is a joint thing. How can you make the relationship better? What can you do instead? How can you have fun? And we made huge differences to his health. We made differences to his lifestyle and their routine. And they started having date nights again and cooking and doing yoga together. It's all about balance. So do get support, whether that's through me, you know, book your free Save My Marriage consultation. I'd love to support you in this area. Breaking emotional habits is something I have done. So let me just share my story with you before we go or before this episode is, 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 is over. The reason I care so much about this is because I've seen alcohol destroy my family and I've seen it destroy lives of, of close people I've close to. I've also seen it come up in lots of counselling sessions where lives and, and children's lives are ruined. And it doesn't have to be the typical stereo, you know, typical example of someone drinking on a bench or drinking in the morning. It can be a problem in relationships if it causes um, conflict. I also must admit that I was a bit dependent for a while Going back, I'd say nine years ago now, I drank every night for months on end. I falsely believed that drinking alcohol every night helped me sleep, function better, and was a good thing in my life. I cannot believe I brainwashed myself into thinking that. I'd come, on, come to rely on it to help me unwind, de-stress, and the truth was I found the pattern so hard to break. It affected my health, my relationships and my self-esteem because I wanted to stop and then every morning I'd say to myself, why, have you, why did you drink again last night, Nicola? Why did you do that? And then I'd say to myself, halfway through the day, I'm not going to drink. And then by the end of the day, I'd say to myself, well, you know, I deserve it. I've worked really hard again today. And it was just this negative cycle. Thank goodness I researched it. And I looked at all the different ways to break patterns and I have literally over 10 or 15 different ways that I use now with people to help them quit habits. Whether it's eating, drinking, anything they don't want to do anymore. And now I no longer drink out of uh, a habit to satisfy an urge, to block out the past, to get over loneliness. It's a decision I make on the occasion and it stays on that occasion. There's no beating myself up the next day. There's no, 
oh, should, do I need to drink or do I not need to drink? I'm just flexible about it. And that is really what is good about learning the power of breaking emotional habits. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. I really do believe that. And also there's over 15 different ways you can do it. So there, there, there's, there's nothing. You know, I do remember feeling like an absolute loser. Failure. I was like, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. I used to put on Amy Winehouse songs and think that that was me, that I was just messed up. And if any of that is going on for you, don't suffer. Please don't suffer anymore. You know, if, if you really want to stop something and you're failing to stop, reach out. Whether it's to, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or me or a life coach or someone else, but definitely, definitely change. Um, and, and just realise that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Alcohol is addictive because of the chemical changes in the brain. So it doesn't matter whether you drink every week, every night, um, or when you start drinking, it's a, it's a chemical change. So it's going to affect your, um, your brain. So it's not your fault if you're a person that drinks and then you drink to excess, or if you're a person that drinks every night. It's habit that you've picked up because it has this chemical brain reaction. So the first thing you need to do is realise that it's, it's nothing, you know, it's not your fault. And it stands to reason that if you consume an addictive substance over time, you're likely to become addicted on some level. Whether that's addicted to feel good, whether it's addicted to have that chemical change in your brain, it's going to be um, affecting you. So what we need to do is we need to work at ways you can also get a good chemical brain change, something that's going to make you feel happy, something that's going to support you and also change the emotional block. So I hope that has been useful, me sharing my story. The reason I started drinking, I didn't really share that with you, it was um, as I was going through a bit of a financial crisis. And I think when people go through crises, whether it's relationship crises or financial crises, insecurity, particularly for women that I work with, can really drive, drive them insecurity in a relationship, insecurity in the future. So... Spend time also looking at what you can do to address the issue because it's dressing, addressing the alcohol and then it's also addressing the issues. So that is my story. I feel so blessed to have had the experience that I have, I must say. You know, that, that dark, lonely time, that time where I felt like a complete and utter failure was a real blessing in disguise because now I can use it to help people going through this kind of difficulty and if this is happening for you I would love to support you I would love to change you and your relationship and make your life happier because life is so important and living it fully is something that I am really really passionate about so thank you very much for listening today I wish you a wonderful week ahead from my heart to yours, take care. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free Save My Marriage consultation, please visit www.savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash consult. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Nicola would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on whatever app you're listening through so the show stays visible, allowing more people to get the support they need to increase their love, passion, and happiness. 